Shalom, and welcome to Parasha Highlights and Insights. This is Rabbi Avraham Fisher, and this week's parasha is Ki Teitze. It is, uh, on the one hand, a continuation of what we've been saying is the address, the second address, the second shiur that Moshe uh, gives to uh, B'nai Yisrael, the second address mostly about the mitzvot. Uh, on the other hand, it's a special parasha because uh, since it deals with mitzvot, it actually is the parasha that has the largest number of mitzvot of any one parasha. It has, according to the Rambam's calculation, uh, there are 74 mitzvot in this parasha. So there's much to say about these uh, about these mitzvot. And some general things should be said about the mitzvot at the outset. A theme that runs through this parasha uh, is in contrast, let's say, with the previous parashat that dealt with uh, mitzvot. Uh, if you recall, Re'eh was mostly about the interaction between the mikdash, the sanctuary, and the people. Uh, Parashat Shoftim, which was last week's parasha, was mostly about the interaction between the leadership of Jewish society and uh, and the society itself. And Parashat Kitetze, for the most part, focuses on the individual in the Torah society. And we'll see that the values of the Torah are uh, operating on multiple levels, uh, on the highest levels, on the simplest levels, on the uh, most unusual situations, as well as the most common everyday situations. The values of Torah have uh, an impact on all of these levels. We could say in a general sense that uh, some of the topics that these mitzvot uh, deal with uh, will include family, war, justice, holiness, and sensitivity. Uh, again, these are values that we have elsewhere in the Torah, but one of the goals of the Torah is for these very important Torah values to permeate and filter down all, all the way to the individual level so that everyone from leadership as well as the individuals uh, feel uh, that they are participating in this great project of creating the Torah society. Another point that I want to make before we go into detail is that a number of instances in the Torah and this is very common in Parshat Ki say the Norm is established through the extreme. We'll see cases where, from an extreme situation, we learn what is the mitzvah, not only in the extreme situation, but in the uh, more common situation. Uh, We can say that if something is true in an extreme situation, it's certainly true in a more uh, usual. We'll see examples of this. On a uh, on a more detailed level, uh, we, we can say that the parasha uh, has a number of uh, clusters of mitzvot. Uh, I was able to identify 19 different uh, clusters. In some cases, um, we're dealing with a number of mitzvot in the clutch, cluster. In some cases, uh, maybe just one or two. Uh, but we will, uh, we will see. Uh, the first part of the parasha 
uh, deals with the family and the individual. The uh, Torah begins with the case of the captive woman, the impact of war. Uh, you're at war, and you see a woman that you are uh, interested with in, and so the Torah talks about how to take such a captive woman and eventually marry her, uh, and there are restrictions as to what you're permitted and not permitted to do. The next uh, deals with the family and the individual and the laws of inheritance. Uh, if a man has more than one wife, uh, the inheritance, the double portion of the inheritance, goes to the oldest uh, of the children, even if the uh, mother of that child is the one that is not favored by the husband. And the third uh, mitzvah that deals with family individuals is the rebellious son, the son who is uh, on such a rebellious path that he might uh, end up doing terrible things. And the Torah talks about uh, executing him before uh, it gets worse. Uh, but uh, Chazal say that the case of the rebellious son, known as the Ben Sorero More, never actually occurred, but we learned it in order to uh, learn the lessons from it. The next uh, section of the parasha deals with the rules of execution, uh, saying that if a person is uh, executed, and even if his body is uh, hanged, there are certain situations where that's done, nevertheless, um, that person's body must be buried uh, before, uh, before the sun goes down, uh, because it is uh, disrespectful to the body which once housed the image of God. It's disrespectful to that body to uh, leave it out uh, any longer. And here's a good example of what I was saying earlier, uh, how the extreme teaches the case of the norm. It's from this that we learn that uh, a person who has died should be buried on the same day. And uh, we might say that if even a criminal who has done such a terrible thing that he's even executed for it, if such a body is to be buried, then certainly everyone else. So from the extreme, we learn the norm. Uh, we have a section of the parasha that deals with what we might call uh, the responsibility that we have towards the property of others. Uh, we have a responsibility towards other people, but we also have a responsibility uh, towards other people's Property. So, for example, we have a mitzvah of returning lost objects uh, or helping others and their animals. Uh, our, uh, our relationship with, uh, with others is not confined to our relationship to them exclusively, but also to the extensions of these people, that is to say, their property. Uh, then we have such mitzvot as uh, the mitzvot of modesty, which is the prohibition against cross-dressing, a man dressing like a woman or a woman dressing like a man. We have the mitzvah of sending away the mother bird, which Chazal say is an example of a mitzvah which is, uh, in practice, very easy to perform. Uh, and yet, the Torah says that for this mitzvah, uh, there is great reward. Uh, talking about the case of uh, finding a nest of uh, birds with either eggs or chicks in it, that you wish to take the eggs or the chicks, then before you do so, you must send away the mother bird. Then we have a uh, cluster of mitzvot that might be entitled order in the home, keeping order 
and safety in the home. One is an actual mitzvah of safety, and that is that uh, you must build a parapet around your roof. Parapet's called a ma'ake, uh, in order to prevent people from falling from the roof. And then uh, we also learn about the prohibition of mixing different species in the area of planting, certain types of grafting, or mixing animals to mate them together, uh, mixing of clothing, uh, that is uh, what we call shatnes, wool and linen that have been combined, and also in the, in the realm of clothing, uh, as long as we're talking about clothing, we are reminded once again about putting fringes on our uh, garments that have four corners. Those fringes are also known as tzitzit, uh, although in this, uh, uh, in this parasha, uh, they're, uh, the uh, fringes are called uh, gidilim. Uh, the next cluster of mitzvot uh, deal with a number of mitzvot that have to do with relations between men and women. Uh, first, a man accuses his wife of infidelity and how to deal with that, uh, how to uh, investigate, uh, also the punishment for adultery, uh, how to deal with cases of rape and seduction, and also uh, restrictions on those people who wish to marry into uh, Israel, someone who's had mutilation to their, to their genitals, um, a mamzer, who is a person who's been born to either an uh, incestuous or adulterous union, uh, how to deal with the nations of Ammon, Moab, Edom, and Mitzrayim. These are nations with which we might say uh, we have uh, history and how to deal with them, and they're not all the same. They're not, they're not all treated the same. Uh, the, uh, the next section of the parasha uh, is what we might call uh, treating our camp as holy. It was not just our our home, but beyond uh, our home, the entire camp. We'll say more about that uh, a little bit later on, but some examples of the holiness of the camp is that when you go to war, uh, it is important to maintain a certain level of hygiene, and that's why um, if a, a person is unclean, he goes out of the camp. Uh, but also, uh, one has to be Equipped when one goes to war uh, with the tools that make it possible to dig uh, a latrine uh, for, uh, for for the use of illumination, and in this way we're concerned even about uh, we're concerned about hygiene even on the battlefield and certainly uh, in all other contexts. Uh, our camp is holy, and therefore, if a slave uh, runs away to us, that's usually runs to the land of Israel from outside, then you do not return him. Uh, you do not, uh, as we would call it, extradite him. Then there's a cluster of mitzvot that deals with what we might call economic justice. Some of these mitzvot have appeared elsewhere, but they're repeated here, and in some cases the ideas are expanded upon. Economic justice in the realm of interest, the prohibition against charging interests, how to deal with oaths, workers' rights, the uh, first year of marriage and the various uh, exemptions that, uh, pe- that uh, a man has during the first year of, of his marriage. He does not go to war, etc. 
and uh, also economic justice in terms of collateral, uh, taking collateral uh, from, uh, or received collateral uh, from someone because it was a loan. Uh, there are ways of dealing with the collateral, especially if the person uh, has uh, is, is very poor and needs that collateral item to be returned. Then uh, we have sort of individual areas of mitzvot, uh, how to deal with kidnapping, how to deal with the plague of tzara'at, which has been discussed er- er- uh, earlier. And then we continue with the concept of economic justice. So it's interesting, economic justice was discussed earlier, then we interrupted, and now we return to that topic. Uh, continuing the topic of collateral, and also paying workers on time, uh, punishing someone for the crime, no more, no less, caring for the unfortunate, such as uh, giving tzedakah, giving charity, as well as uh, leaving certain uh, gifts for the poor to, uh, to take, or if someone has forgotten a sheaf, then don't go back for it. These are left for the poor. Uh, at the, uh, towards the end of the parasha, we have uh, what we might call individual sections of mitzvot, each, although each one of them deserves uh, uh, a detailed treatment, uh, such as uh, how to give lashes. If a person has committed a crime for which he deserves the punishment of lashes, so the, uh, so the Torah says that we uh, administer no more than well, the Torah uses the term 40, but Chazal understand that it means not 40, up to 40. That's to say 39 is the maximum. Uh, and uh, here's another example of, uh, from the extreme we might learn the norm, because the Torah says if you give him even one more lash than he deserves, then this is a terrible thing. So from this we learn that one is not permitted in general to hurt another uh, Jew. Uh, there are situations that the Torah calls for it, lashes for somebody who's committed, been convicted of committing a crime, uh, but otherwise not. And therefore, otherwise, all other situations, we must avoid uh, physically harming fellow Jew. Uh, we are. Uh, we continue with the uh, rules involving working an animal, uh, and then uh, the section called uh, Yibum and Chalitza. It's a quick. Reminder of uh, of what that means. Um, if a uh, if a man dies, uh, a married man dies without children, so his brother is obligated to marry the widow uh, in order to, in a sense, continue his uh, his legacy. Uh, and if the brother refuses to do so then there is one and only one method of severing the tie between the, uh, this brother and the, uh, and the woman, and the sister-in-law, let's say, and that is a ceremony called Chalitza, which the Torah talks about in, in, uh, in detail. Uh, the Torah prohibits against embarrassing someone, and then towards the end of the parasha, we have the requirement to keep accurate weights and measures. This is justice. And finally, remember what uh, Amalek did to you uh, when you were leaving uh, Egypt, how they attacked you, how they attacked the weak, and, and therefore you must always remember what they did to you and 
also you must commit yourselves to destroying Amalek. Uh, when you are on your land, then you are united. And I haven't even mentioned all of the mitzvot uh, that are in the parasha, uh, or even all of the clusters of mitzvot, but uh, this gives you, I think, a good uh, overview idea of some of the areas of mitzvot uh, that are discussed. I just want to repeat the themes. Uh, first of all, in a general sense, the role of the individual in the Torah society. Some of the values are family, war, justice, holiness, sensitivity, and uh, we see how the norm is established through the extreme. I want to return to uh, when the Torah talks about the holiness of the camp. Uh, it says that when you go out to war against your enemy, you have to be careful about anything that is bad. Uh, and, uh, and therefore, uh, if a person has become unclean, he has to leave the camp. And then in the evening he bathes and re-enters, uh, it's a, it's a, uh, an important reminder that the camp must be kept holy. Uh, the holiness of the camp is uh, what will uh, ensure, we may say, the, uh, the success of the military uh, operation. It's not only a matter of our skill as soldiers, our training, our weaponry, all of those are important, but we also must remember that uh, we need God's help and protection and we must uh, try to obtain that help and protection by keeping his mitzvot and being conscious of what is, uh, what is holy. And the, uh, the end of this section um, talked about how you need to have a designated area for a latrine and a digging implement for, uh, for digging the latrine. But the end of this section uh, says that God, Ki Hashem Elokecha mitalech bekerev machanecha. God is walking about in the midst of your camp. in order to save you. and to deliver your enemies into your hands. kadosh, and your camp shall be holy. And that is a, a, a general idea, that's a general theme of much of the Torah, including uh, many of the mitzvot in this parasha. kadosh, your camp shall be holy. God should not see anything that is improper because then he will turn away with you, from you. To focus on these words, we have a grammatical uh, anomaly, which I'd like to discuss. Uh, uh, it would seem that we're talking about one camp. is singular, it shall be. Kadosh, holy, is also singular. Uh, so, Standard translation should be, your camp shall be holy. The only problem is that the word machanecha is spelled with an additional yud. And that usually indicates, grammatically, a plural. So, machanecha would seem not to mean camp, or your camp, but your camps. Uh, And yet, the verb and the adjective are both in the plural. How do we reconcile this? Well, Well, we are told that uh, even though this word is spelled with a yud, the intention uh, is for singular. Nevertheless, why is it spelled with a yud? Why is it spelled as if it were something plural? Uh, and so uh, I'd like to read to you from the words of Rav Shimshon Hirsch, uh, because his point is that 
your camp includes many camps. Here are the words of Rav Shemshon Hirsch. What is said here primarily for military camps is of course meant to apply to any camp, to any sphere in which we may temporarily or permanently settle. All are to bear the stamp of a pure moral way of living. All the places where we live, not just our synagogues and schools, uh, are not to lack consecration by thoughts of the mission of our life. Rev. Hirsch seems to be saying that our one camp is composed of many different camps, and all of those camps, uh, all of those environments, uh, have to bear the stamp of holiness because although there are many parts, they are really one camp. So this phrase both reflects the plurality and the, uh, and the unity of the camps. Rav Hirsch is also emphasizing something that was important in his day and in our day as well, namely that uh, it's not only in, let's say, the holy places, the synagogue, the school, the Beit Midrash, uh, that we have to strive for holiness, but all of our places. Uh, that is to say, the home, that is to say, the marketplace. Uh, in every one of these spheres, uh, we are still part of the Jewish people, and we are still striving, and should strive, for holiness, both on the level of the small uh, communities, the small camps, uh, as well as the totality of the unified Jewish camp, the camp, the society that strives to create a Torah uh, environment on all levels. I thank you very much for joining me for this uh, exploration of Parashat Kitetze. This has been Rabbi Avraham Fisher for Parashat Highlights and Insights. Saying Shalom.